0: Welcome to the Three Questions Podcast. We take questions from our church family and do our best to answer them from a biblical worldview. All of us have the privilege to serve the Lord's Church here locally at Southern Hills Baptist Church in Oklahoma City. Doug Melton is our lead pastor. Randy Woodall is our pastor of missions and evangelism. Jeremy Johnson is our pastor of media and community outreach. My name is Daniel Snow, and I get to be pastor of discipleship and young adults. You guys, uh, it's been a while, but we are really glad to be back. And you guys send in great questions. Please keep on. Uh, some ways you can do that. You can email them to podcast at myshbc, myshbc.com. And that's with the number three at the beginning. You can go to the website, myshbc.com slash contact, where you can text 505-258-2076. And all those questions will be kept anonymous, and it has been a while, guys. Has it been a year? A year, (laughs) (laughs) It's a whole new year, 2022. I know. Isn't that crazy? And
1: who'd have thought that we would still be dealing with the
0: things (laughs) that we're dealing (laughs) with in 2022 (laughs) it's it's the it's the name that must be that must not be named (laughs) are we talking
2: about caleb williams (laughs) (laughs) that's right he's been in the transfer (laughs) portal (laughs) for (laughs) two (laughs) years
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah oh but we are glad to be back and glad to be doing this and um
2: randy the number 20 years comes to mind i can't remember why Anyone, 20, 20, 20,
0: Jeremy, 20 years. That is Daniel? It's 20, weird. Daniel? Well, yes. it's funny that you mentioned that because, <laughs> guys, just yesterday.
1: What was yesterday, Jenny? Just
0: yesterday. As of yesterday, Jenny has put up with me for two decades. Good grief. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. Wow. Word. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, it seems like to a to uh, cracker barrel.
0: Blown away. It's time to hit the cracker barrel. Okay, <laughs> no joke. Probably tomorrow night we will go to oh, Cracker Barrel. You have to. Yeah. Hey,
1: you Jenny roll. is a lucky lady. Oh, yeah, a lucky lady. <laughs> Tell her that. I mean, I'm. I'm assuming that's where you purchased her anniversary gift from. Yeah. Well, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, the gift shop. <laughs> <Of
0: course>. <laughs> 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 All that's you cherry sours there. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> gonna get the r- ring resized <laughs> <in>. <laughs> right there at Cracker Barrel. <laughs> Yeah, I
1: think Jennifer. I think Jennifer is actually the Hebrew word for patient beyond <laughs> all reasonable expectation.
0: <laughs> yep, I would agree. Jeremy, would how
1: many
2: agree. years for you?
1: This is uh, nineteen. This will be
2: twenty this year. So outstanding. Nice, nice. close yep. nice. on the heels. Very cool. Yeah. What about
0: mm-hmm. you guys?
1: Uh, this year will be forty-one. Yeah,
2: Thirty-eight awesome.
0: for us. Awesome cool that's yeah, awesome. good stuff yeah and you guys are old <laughs> <laughs> thank you <Daniel. laughs> listen it just gets better it gets better and better every year yeah. no that is did you hear cool. that honey <laughs> <laughs> good call yeah, no that is so cool that is yeah really Love good it. stuff okay first question for today in exodus in the story of moses why did god harden pharaoh's heart if he was about to possibly let the Israelites go, and the the person that turned this in referenced Exodus 9, 27 through twenty nine and chapter ten verses eighteen and nineteen,
1: I can't think of a better way to start off twenty twenty two than a question like this. This is so good, uh, and 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 while and it's a challenging question actually, you know, because it really does deal with these questions that theologians have dealt with for. 20 centuries and that is god's sovereignty because we all know god's omnipotent which means he can do anything he chooses to do Mm -hmm. uh his he's omnipresent omniscient he knows everything and yet we also deal with this whole idea of he created us created the world created man and gifted us with human responsibility Mm -hmm. i mean he he gave us that ability to obey or, or disobey and so when we get to questions like this it's naturally just uh, something that that just throws up a red flag because it seems like okay so in in this instance did god take away pharaoh's ability to actually do what he wanted to did god make him disobey
2: mm-hmm.
1: and uh and so i think the answer to that is is no because we have to recognize that Pharaoh was already living a life of disobedience. It wasn't like he was seeking after God, and God prevented him from finding grace and mercy and forgiveness. Pharaoh was an evil man. He was. He had already testified to that, exemplified that, and so it was kind of one of those situations where, uh, where God did obviously the Bible say did something in Pharaoh's life, but I think it just. It, he just let Pharaoh become even more entrenched in his in his own sins. Um, now the question of why, which is what our mm-hmm. questioner asked, mm-hmm. here's what I believe. You know, the Bible does say in Proverbs that you know the king of a heart is like a stream in, in a sand in God's hands. God can turn it wherever He will, and and throughout all of Scripture, we see God turn sovereigns' hearts for. Uh, For for different reasons, but in this instance, God was about to redeem and call out and rescue His people who had been in slavery for four hundred years, and He had already told Abraham His His seed would wind up being enslaved for four hundred years, and the purpose of this instance with Pharaoh wasn't so much God didn't like Pharaoh; it was God loved His people. And God needed his people from this point for generations to come, even to today, 2022, to always look back and say, God rescued us, not to look back and say, Pharaoh released us.
0: Yeah, Yeah. all credit goes to God.
1: All credit and all glory goes to God. And when we were talking earlier that that uh, verse you know in, Abra- in in Abraham's life in Genesis 14 you remember when he was coming back from having rescued Lot and the king of Sodom offered to give him all the money and Abraham said no I'm I'm not taking a sandal I will take nothing from you because I never want it said that the king of Sodom made Abraham rich okay uh, he wanted God to to, to get mm-hmm. the glory for everything in his life and I think this was an instance here you know, God never intended for people to look back and go and say, "Moses rescued us, Pharaoh released us, uh, you know, whatever circumstance, the polit, the politics of the day saved us." They want he he needs us, and and it's a good example for our lives too. We always want to be able to look back and see it was God who pulled us out of our sins, who saved us from. Our our sin nature and our desire. It's it's God's power and God's mercy and God's glory that works.
2: Yeah, that's good. Man, that is that is so good. I really, I was just sitting back and listening, and thought that's really good. Stuff. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I, I here's what I would add. I think we need. It's important for us to remember that every time there's a Sunday school lesson taught, every time there's a sermon preached, there the hardening of hearts and the softening of hearts takes place. That's good. Every single time. If, if someone comes to church and, and they're lost, he or she is lost, and they hear the gospel message, and, and that gospel message is a two-edged sword, mm-hmm. and if that person says no, their heart has hardened more. We don't ever hear God speak to us and we walk away neutral. Mm-hmm. That's right. I, I walked away completely unchanged. I went to a service. Exactly nothing happened. Right. That that doesn't happen. And so each time God spoke to Moses, Moses then speaks to Pharaoh, Pharaoh's going to change. Yeah. And yes, did God do that? Yes, because it was God's word to Moses, Moses speaking to Pharaoh. Uh, yeah. So... We've we've got to understand that that's always going to happen, hardening or softening of hearts. And and Daniel, I would add this. I'm not saying that if a person doesn't walk down the aisle, their heart hardened. I'm not saying that because a person's heart, they could warm more to the gospel. Their heart is softening more and more. They may have not walked down the aisle, but maybe their heart softened more. Mm -hmm. And it is that progression that is taking place in them to at some point they will make a decision. And so I'm not saying if a person doesn't walk down the aisle, their heart hardened. I'm just saying that if a person does say no to God, they're sensing that calling, and they reject, their heart has hardened at that point. Sort of that, old Paul, you almost persuade me.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Pharaoh, like you guys said, was doing exactly what Pharaoh wanted to do, Um, and that is he wanted to reject God and be his own God. And uh for me, from Romans nine that directly talks about Pharaoh and this hardening of his heart, uh, I would say that God ordained to allow Pharaoh to do that from before the foundation of the world. Pharaoh was doing exactly what Pharaoh wanted to do. He didn't. He wasn't robotic. He wasn't like I really want to say yes, but yeah. I just have to say no. Like he did what he wanted to do, and and God was fully. Over that, That's right. um, in charge of that, um, and allowing him to do that, um, kind of like Romans one says, giving him over to his own desires. Um, but but also, it's just good for us to um, to remember that, yeah that that what you guys said that as as the word goes out, there is there is hardening and there is softening going yeah. on. That's
1: really good. I'm, in fact. You know, it reminds me. you Remember the old "You're too young, Daniel." You remember the old Flip Wilson character, oh, Geraldine, man. the devil. I love it when devil. you guys
0: say I'm too young for really anything. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah. say that, that all no, you want. Really, I'm very you're, good with that. You're fewer and <laughs> fewer occasions when <laughs> right. that's happening. I'll take everyone I can you're get. Too
1: young to remember horses and <laughs> things like that. So that's,
2: that's probably why he picked us to be on this podcast. <laughs> that's exactly right.
0: Dirt, you know,
2: <laughs> Daniel and the old
1: guys. Uh, but you know, the old the devil made me do it. And so we we can also some people can try to flip that you know and come come to the idea that 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 God made me do something, and uh, and and the fact of the matter is we sin because we choose to sin
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know and and we have to choose to follow God you mm-hmm. know we, that that we choose to trust Him by faith and we choose every day after that to turn our backs to sin and walk in, in a path of holiness, you know? And so, um, you know, and that's a, that's a very key point. I'm glad you brought that up because uh, we want people to, I want people to realize, you know, nobody's ever going to get to stand at judgment and say, well, it wasn't my fault. You know, the devil, the devil made me do that. Yeah, we choose
0: our sins that's good and uh, you know someone might look at that Exodus 9 passage where you know Pharaoh says hey Moses um, tell the Lord he's right I'm wrong make the the hail and the thunder stop and and someone might say well it seems like Pharaoh was wanting to turn but even in that that same passage he's, he's really saying so that the thunder will cease and the hail it will hail no more and and yet, really, we know that it's not that there's a turning in Pharaoh's heart. He's just like, like you guys have said, he was just tired of the plagues. He was just, it was just saying, "Please make this stop." Uh, it's not like I want God now. I just want this to stop.
2: That's right. When when we're in a situation that we we were in dire straits, um, it could be cancer. And a person were to say, "God, if you'll take this cancer away, I'll live for you." Mm-hmm. Well, we should live for him anyway, whether I'm in That's the right. midst of cancer or God takes the cancer away. Either way, yeah, yeah. And so for Pharaoh, it was make it stop, and
0: and as soon as it does, then well, yeah, yeah.
1: And we saw the results of that after the last plague, even after his own son died, mm. and he let the people go he changed his mind and sent his armies out to to, to find them. Yeah. yeah. And so.
0: That's good. Great question. Good question. Next Next one is, how should we understand the gift of speaking in tongues as we read the New Testament? And does it still happen today? Okay. So what we see when we read the New Testament is we see that there is these instances where there's a supernatural gift from the Holy Spirit um, to, to specific New Testament believers for serving and building up the church. And we don't see it on every page. We don't see it amongst every believer, but we do see that happen. And we see that there are human languages that are being spoken that an individual has never learned, but is suddenly either either is able to speak that language without learning it or is speaking their own language and it's being heard as another human language, by by another speaker of another language, um, and so clearly it's miraculous. It's it is uh, by the Holy Spirit, and and interestingly enough, there are in First Corinthians fourteen. There's actual rules for if and when the Lord does bring that to pass in a gathering of a local church. There's rules for how it's supposed to happen and uh and it's supposed to be it's supposed to be one at a time two at most three and there's always supposed to be an interpreter so that so that those who are hearing in a different language can still know the message and because at the end of that passage in, in 1 first corinthians 14 it comes down to the fact that god is a god of order um god is, he's god is all about clarity not confusion, and so if if that is to take place in a worship service, and that's something that the Holy Spirit brings about, there's actual rules, and we're supposed to abide by those, and, and so that's how we find it in the New Testament. Me personally, I would definitely say there's no reason that we, I mean, God can do whatever he wants, whenever he wants, and so yeah, I would say it can absolutely still happen today. Has it ever happened to me personally? It hasn't, that definitely doesn't mean it couldn't. I think it would be incredible. But I'm also not – I'm definitely not basing either my salvation or even just my personal growth on if and when God chooses to do that. That's right.
2: And and it's always got to be – everything is centered on the gospel of Jesus Christ. Yeah. And uh, the when when Peter, uh, at, at Pentecost mm-hmm. – when they were hearing that message, they were hearing the good news yeah, that's right. of Jesus Christ in their own language, and we always need to remember that.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. and I and I, I love what Daniel pointed out. This any any use of the gifts or manifestation of the Spirit is always meant to glorify God and edify His church. Mm-hmm. It's never you know the, the Scripture specifically said it is never to be for personal use or for personal glory. Yeah. And and I think that's kind of one of the reasons why all these rules in First Corinthians 14 came up. Yeah. Because that temptation to to either seek out personal glory, or maybe someone wasn't seeking out personal glory, but you know, we're always there's always that temptation to want to say, how can I know for sure or how can others know for sure that God has sent me or that I'm got the spirit? Yeah. And there are a few of those gifts that kind of seem like that would be the, okay, here's the this is the, the the sure sign I can speak in tongues or I touch somebody and they get healed or I do this and so uh, and so I think that's why we're always cautious with any teaching on on spiritual gifts or, or manifestations of the spirit that their purpose is always to glorify God and to edify the church and so um, you know and that's the way we when we see, tongues the gift of tongues used in scripture it's always like daniel said it's a human language and it's and it comes about as a means of communicating the gospel to to people
2: you bet Mm. that uh desiring of personal glory is is not just relegated to speaking in tongues that's why in the sermon on the mount that's right jesus said beware of standing on the the street corner yeah and praying so that everyone hears you or giving in all of the all yeah. of that there is satan is going to always try to bring that personal glory yeah
1: make sure you look good and hungry if you're fasting so yes. everybody knows what's <laughs> going on you know right and,
0: right yeah that's a great point so it's there that temptation is there yeah in many ways, absolutely, and and
2: I want to echo something that Daniel said at the very beginning, which is uh, Randy, and I, I know Randy's been aware of this as well. That uh, around the world, we have testimony of our personnel, Southern Baptist personnel, who have gone into an area and did not know the language, shared in their the only language that they knew, and those folks heard. Yes, in we, their own language in their own language we know that, that that's amazing happened and so
1: and and what what better reflects the heart of god that he would go do something so miraculous to make sure a people gets to hear mm-hmm. the the good news and so you know I, I hear a lot of people say well what you know those poor people who are never going to hear that's right but if they don't hear it it's not because god doesn't want them to hear it's uh, sometimes all god needs is a willing messenger that is so good he and he will make it possible for people to hear if we if if we're willing to go
2: yeah and you know guys i'm not going to fully equate this but all of us have had this experience uh whenever we've taught or gotten to preach and and that is uh, and especially in this day and age now when every everything's videoed, okay, mm-hmm. that a person comes up to us afterwards and said, boy, uh, I heard you say this in the sermon. Yeah. And we're thinking, no, <laughs> we could go yeah. back and watch the yeah. video. I never once said that, but somehow mm-hmm. in what we said, here's what they heard. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and it was to the glory of God, and it was bringing about life change in them. Yeah. But yeah. I'm thinking, yeah, no, I, I don't I'm almost positive I didn't say that. That's a good That's right.
0: example.
1: Or or the number of times that you get through teaching a lesson or sharing a sermon and you walk down and you think, Man, that was a bust. That that was awful. <laughs> That's I, all I, the time I, for I, me. You yeah. feel you feel like I could never get it together. And then afterwards somebody will write you or text you and share, oh, that was such a blessing. It really changed and you're going, well that that's that's all God. Yeah, you know, man, that sure that's right. sure anything we did.
0: That's really good. Okay, third question. Is it possible that my secular workplace is a calling from God? Man, amen. Yes.
2: Yeah. You bet. Absolutely. And we yeah. see evidence of that in scripture.
0: Right. Yeah, there's some really cool examples of folks that we might not say were part of vocational ministry, but we know absolutely God was using them. Uh, here's just a few examples. The tabernacle craftsman, Ruth as, an imig- as a migrant worker, Esther as a queen in a pagan land, uh, the shepherds who are outside of Bethlehem, Aquila and Priscilla who were tent makers and really discipled Paul and Apollos, um, Luke as a physician, different ones. Lydia was a, a businesswoman in her area.
1: Well, and even your favorite bible character joseph yeah who who and you know we look at joseph shadrach meshach abednego daniel all yeah. of them who were placed they were not god. in ministry they were say. not in ministry positions these guys were like politicians in mm-hmm. their day they were administrators government officials you know you might call them civil servants uh and Nehemiah was
2: serving as a cupbearer as a cupbearer mm-hmm. that's right
1: and so yeah i think very definitely god god can uh call you to a particular vocation. sometimes God can take the vocation you're in when you're saved and God can suddenly give you a whole new way of looking at your your work in your life as, as a way that you know, you never thought that could be used to glorify God, but God can make it work that way and uh, and we talk about so you've got this call to a particular maybe vocation or, or but also I think God still, Oftentimes calls people to a particular place uh, to to work, you yeah, know, right? Um, and, and with particular coworkers, that's exactly right. It's exactly right. A particular place, at, and so you know, maybe you're you sense you're supposed to be an engineer or a lawyer or whatever, a tent maker, or a, a seller of purple, like mm-hmm. uh, like Lydia was, you know. But then all of a sudden, you sense, and God wants me to do that here in this place or among this people or in this particular come with this particular company, um, you know. And so I would urge every believer, um, make sure, especially your vocation, because of the amount of time you're going to spend doing it, make sure you just bathe that in prayer and you have a real sense of peace that that this is where God wants me at this time and, and what God wants me doing. I mean, there's so much more to life than just who's going to pay the most, or, or which is the most, the closest to where I live. You know? that's, that's good. And,
2: and guys, I think we need to add in that, whatever we do, do it all to the glory of God. And so we need to make sure that the occupation that we are in mm-hmm. is an occupation that does bring glory yeah, to true. God. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, and, and that we, we can say, yes, I, I am doing this for his glory. He is glorified in what I'm doing. That's
1: right. Yeah. And don't be afraid of change. I mean, mm-hmm. we'll take Nehemiah right. for again for example. You know, scripture was really make sure that we recognize that the people that built the wall weren't all masons. <laughs> no. I mean it Far even says it. there were perfumers and there were minstrels and there were, you know, all kinds of people. But the mo at that moment the need was to build a wall. Yeah. And so they were able, you know, God used people who didn't necessarily have the skills for this. You know, maybe they'd never ever laid a brick or or cut a timber or done anything but yet god was able to use them all to do something for his for his glory so don't you know don't be afraid to let god take you outside of your comfort zone even vocationally mm-hmm. um you know to, for, for his glory
0: that's that's awesome very helpful okay thanks a ton to jeremy johnson for producing this Woo-hoo. podcast thanks to you guys who are out there and listen and make time and we hope it's helpful. Remember, you can subscribe or follow or rate uh, and even just share it with someone else. And, and if it's helpful to them, that man, just like we just said, may God get all the glory for that. And until next time, please remember that the God of the Bible is never surprised or offended by our honest questions.